0: Welcome to the Charbon Report, and our listeners on Google, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Today's title, My Dead Contacts. In 1973, John F. Mitchell and Martin Cooper used a four and a half pound handset to make the first cell phone call. Society's adoption and reliance on cell phones would fundamentally change how we communicate, how we interact, research, and use our connections. In 2022, with a global population of just about 7.9 billion, it's estimated that there's well over 7.3 billion cell phones. So conservatively, one could say that over 91% of the world has a cell phone. In June of 2022, New York City, they removed the final last two payphones from New York streets. Society no longer has to memorize cell phones because, you know, Siri and Google and your contacts, they do all that from your cell phone and even from your car, for goodness sakes. Multi-platform updating of uh, phones and computers, it ensures that most of us have those new numbers and it's all stored away and up to date. So when someone asked me the other day, they said, Michael, when did your dad die and and, and how old was he? I kind of knew, but I immediately checked my contacts. That is, if, well, if, if I had a contact for my late father. See, see, my dad, he never owned a cell phone. He, and he had no use for an email address. It was called postage stamps. So digitally, my dad didn't exist yet. Oh, well, I had his birthday and, and the day that he died on my calendar, but, but no official contact information. I'm going, goodness. See, back then, kids, you memorized telephone numbers. You know, like your times tables, 12 times 12, you know. Telephone numbers, they really were our first pin numbers. Needless to say, I made a contact for my dad. You know, no email, no cell, but birth date, uh, years married, several nuggets. You know, kind of like a a genealogyandestry.com quick notes kind of thing. Then I realized... I have lots of dearly departed people's birthdays and anniversaries in my calendar. People I worked with who had passed that I still had complete full-blown contacts for. You know, wife's name, kids' birthday, what they take in their Starbucks, the projects that we worked on together. So what do I do with my dead contacts? I mean. I feel guilty erasing them. It's, it's almost like I'm disrespecting them. I, I want to honor them and remember them, but you know, do I update their contact and put like rest in peace beside their name? Or uh, do I, what do I do? Do I keep them on my favorites because I like to see their picture, it makes me happy. You know, do you keep saving that last message of a dear friend as a digital souvenir? You know, a message from someone who will never return your call? Wow, poignant, eh? Yeah, but I've been I've been noticing that several deceased people still have a Facebook page and a LinkedIn page years after their death. What's even freakier is when when I get a Facebook like from a dearly departed person. I mean, that's woo. You know, have you ever dialed a recently deceased contact to hear their voicemail announcement just one more time? I have. Uh, imagine the messages left by passengers of 9-11 on the United Flight 93 out of Newark. Uh, Newark, remember? You know, after learning of the planes crashing into the World Trade Towers, those poor people, they knew it wasn't going to end well for them. 37 phone calls were made by 13 passengers and flight attendants. The famous uh, quote was from one of the 33 who were about to rush the cockpit. Uh, Let's roll. Is what it said brave people? You know, one of my wonderful deceased contacts always challenged me with his proper English and vocabulary and pronunciation and these eclectic facts from the past. Milsey would say like phrases like "selling old rope" or "or hoist by your own petard" or "polygot" or "apothecary." Like who uses those words? But. I never thought upon his death and his departure that I would keep those notes and continue to enjoy them as his memories. It was kind of really cool. I still do. I recently read a fantastic obituary. Uh, The words painted a really clear picture of this tremendous person of uh, accomplishment who was respected and loved and was surrounded by their loving family as they left this earth. You know, I wish that uh, people could read their obituaries before they die. So many people in pain and, 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 and strife you know, would take such peace and, and uh, these great words that would, were, were going to be said about them and, and about their accomplishments. You have to say it while they're alive, you know what I mean? Uh, one of the most heart-wrenching digital souvenirs was a mother with uh, terminal disease with, with weeks to live. And she left the final message for her then only two-year-old child, to be played when they're 18 years old. Or the other one was, with instructions to play this on that day in the future at your wedding, so she could be there with you too. Imagine thinking ahead like that. I mean, it's heart-wrenching, but amazing. It's sad, but brave and very, very touching, all wrapped up in one emotional salad, right? A positive thought, though, is that our words and images can now very very easily live in digital eternity. With the caveat, though, that each one of us, one day, will also become a dead contact. Finally, please click and share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more episodes, you can always visit thecharbonreport.com. Until next time, God bless and stay safe. Don't forget your contacts. (laughs) I'm Michael A. Charbon for the Charbon Report.